Welcome to the voice of MPE, the official podcast of Merchant Payments Ecosystem, Europe's largest merchant payments conference. Today, we're at the 15th annual MPE conference, MPE 2022. In these podcast series, we bring you interviews with payments industry leaders and professionals from the entire world. For more information, head over to www.merchantpaymentsecosystem.com. In this episode, we'll talk about regulation in the world of merchant payments and look at the current state of payments regulation with your host, Mark McMurtry. Hello and welcome to this podcast being recorded today during the MPE conference here in Berlin. My name is Mark McMurtry. I'm a director of a company called Payments Consultancy Limited, and I also am an ambassador for the Payments Association. It's my pleasure today to be talking with Vahim Bakshi and also with Stephen Basofi. And together we're going to be exploring over the short period of time the merchant payments regulation, what's happening, how well it's working, and where we think it may need to head. But first of all, perhaps each of you can explain a bit about yourself and the organization you represent. Fahim, would you like to start? Sure, yes. Of course, my name is Fahim and I represent a platform called Kingwin. It's a global platform, 10 million users, customers from all over the world more than 200 payments. So we definitely check what regulation in which country. And that's what I do. I am heading the payments there. And I'm also a consultant for a few other platforms, which is very connected to payments and online platforms as well. Stephen. Thank you very much. First of all, absolute pleasure to be here at MPE. Stephen Bisofi from the Payment Systems Regulator. I'm a payment technical specialist. I've had the pleasure to work in payments for the last 20 or so years. At the PSR, it's abbreviation, I act as a payment specialist. That means that I support and feed into our policy projects. I support any payments knowledge requirements from our senior leadership team. I work on our engagement into industry. And part of my role now is also in support of embedding of our strategy, which we released earlier this year. Sounds like you're a busy person. Absolutely. So to start us off, how well do you think payments regulation is working today? And particularly from the merchant perspective. Steve, would you like to have regulated, you know, how well do you think it is really working? I think the merchant has some challenges in terms of regulation and regulation which impacts its business. The first one is understanding what regulation is coming down the line. And two is then understanding what that means to their business. As the PSR We've been doing some work on the card acquiring market review. This directly impacts merchants and it's really looking and assessing the whole merchant acquiring space, ensuring that the end user, in this case the merchant, has fair treatment in terms of products and services and price. So I think in general, I think the merchant has challenges in terms of ensuring it is appropriately briefed on what's going on in the industry. It relies on its acquirer, it relies on the regulator, it relies on trade bodies and trade association, it relies on consultants. So I think that's one of the biggest challenges is the engagement between merchant and regulator. Fahim, from from your perspective, how well do you think the payments regulation is working? It is quite challenging, of course, you know, in, in a very different aspect, but it has been improving for the last couple of years especially when PSD2 was introduced in 2018. And basically in 2018, 2019, there was not so much of 
regulations or some information about this other than, you know, we had, of course, you know, a huge book of regulatory points. On the other hand, what the merchants at the moment are facing challenges is that they aren't sure about what to do, like which step to take. Of course, there are different information on different sites or, you know, different platforms. There are a lot of consultancies which offers PSD2 information. There are legal firms who are actually giving more information about, you know, how to tackle PSD2. But other than that, there is no concrete information. So, of course, I heard that there will be starting some kind of, let's say, regulations or consulting from, you know, perspective of the, of the European Commission especially. So that's a good point. But I think that there are a lot of things down the line for a merchant to recognize in order to run a successful business. So how far have we got really about PSD2 and it fulfilling its original objectives? Stephen, your thoughts first. I think PSD2 was a ambitious piece of regulation. I think if we look at the impact that PSD2 has had on competition and opening up the market, it has allowed the development of things such as what we now talk about is open banking and open banking payments. PSD2 has also enabled and improved things such as strong customer authentication, which is now being deployed and is now working. And the results that we're seeing in the UK are positive in terms of its impact on fraud. So I think ultimately, I think PSD2 has been a positive change to payments. It's been a positive change to merchants. I'm not taking away anything in terms of some of the challenges that we've had in terms of the transition and the implementation of certain PSD2 elements. But I think ultimately, it's enabled the payments industry to grow, to be more competitive, to be more safe and more secure. There is still more work to be done, but I think overall, it's had a positive impact. Fahim, are you seeing these benefits of PSD2 coming through? Absolutely. I have, as a customer myself personally, yes, but as a merchant, it's a little difficult especially from the perspective of, as a platform, it can be a little challenging because PSD2 is basically to save the consumer's money, not to go in a wrong wallet. So you need to make sure that everything is impacted, everything is in a positive way, everything is saved. So that's why, as a customer, for me, it's completely good to have PSD2, of course, the the fraud, and avoiding any kind of issues. However, the platform still need to have, you know, need to learn a lot of things anyway. And one of the things which is always important is protection, you know, protection for the consumer and also protection you know, for the merchant. How well do you think that's being achieved or, or have we still got further steps to go on that? Obviously, after COVID, especially when the online purchases have increased and you know, the consumers are sitting at home, the fraud has also increased a lot. It used to be 0.2%, fraud increased to 4% on an average on many of the digital platforms, of course. And this has been a spike because there are customers who would like to purchase and they are, there are some false fraudsters. So on a later stage, I think that there has some of the main information about coming from regulations. So, you know, how to deal with the fraudster. I think the regulation should definitely tell, you know, how to deal with the fraudster rather than the platform should stop it from us as well. Stephen, as one of the regulators you know, in this payments industry, what's your thoughts on the protection that is available today? I think that we do have good protection available, both for merchants and for consumers. I think PSD2 has highlighted that there is a need for more protection. Overall, protecting the consumer, protecting the merchant is of utmost priority. Economic crime is on the increase. Things such as strong customer authentication in the merchant world, things such as confirmation of payee in the interbank space, all help and all 
try to prevent fraud, try to prevent economic crime. The consumer is relatively well protected on card payments in terms of all of the chargeback rules and consumer credit rules. I think there is a lot more that both regulators and industry can and should do in the future, especially as we enter a world where interbank payments will become more of the norm in terms of P2P and P2B and B2B. So I think it's positive at the moment in terms of what's happening, but I think more work still needs to be done in the future. So Stephen, recognising these demands and where we are today, perhaps you could tell us more, and for those you know, not so familiar with the UK market, you know, about the priorities that the PSR has for the coming years. Absolutely. Well, earlier this year, we set out our strategy. It's a forward-looking strategy. It's a positive strategy looking at driving and improving and growing the payments industry. It focuses on unlocking account-to-account payments, unlocking the infrastructure to improve account-to-account payments, whether it's the product and services, whether it's the protection or the commercial model. Our strategy then also looks at the increasing competition. Driving competition will improve the commercial models and the costs and prices apportioned to to different members in society. Our strategy then also focuses on access, ensuring that different organizations have access to the services, have access to the infrastructure to be able to join and participate in payment services. So as we look forward, the PSI is very much looking at the outcomes which it wishes to achieve, and then the priorities in terms of the work, whether it's security, whether it's access, account-to-account competition. So they are the key elements that we see as driving forward the UK payment systems environment. Thank you very much. Fahim, what are the regulation changes you would like to see introduced? That's a very good question. Of course, one of the most important is AML, anti-money laundering. A lot of merchants are responsible to control the AML or they're responsible to make sure that the AML is not increased. So the most important is that the money which is inflowing to the platform should not go to the hands of somewhere it's used illegally or where it's used somewhere where it shouldn't be. So the regulators should control the AML mostly from their side as well. Of course, there are sanction lists, there are sanction points. The platform has to take over, but there has to be some kind of like a really centralized software where we can see if there is anyone sanctioned or if this user is banned or you cannot perform this kind of business activity. So that's something. And the second is about the compliance. So compliance is very important. There has to be proper guidelines of how the compliance should be maintained. There are companies, even acquirers or PSPs that they are doing compliance very differently. I as a platform, I'm I'm managing almost more than 200 payment methods around the world. And every compliance, even within the EU, are completely separate, completely different. And for the same provider also, there are two different providers, compliance are completely different. So this means that there is a loophole where probably aggregators are looking for and that can actually exploit. So it can be easy if we are aware of how compliance looks like, how to perform it, rather than just hiring an external firm who can tell us, we need to have more feedbacks on that as well. That's interesting. I'd like to explore this a bit further about these different approaches appearing in countries and at a regional level. Can you touch on some more of these differences you're facing? Absolutely. One of the most important is that not every country actually follows compliance or they don't have a proper payments legislation. Just like European Union, European Union is one party which is definitely, I think it's one of the most strongest. Of course, I'm also including UK. 
which are very strong in terms of regulation, which are in terms of anti-money laundering. And then it's the United States. But there are countries like Australia, New Zealand, China, South Korea, they still need to have a lot of improvement in the payments legislation, especially now we are going from local to global. There's metaverse coming, there's NFTs coming. I don't know what's the success of this, but in the end of the day, it can be something huge. Brands are working on it. So there has to be, let's say, a European customer is trying to purchase something on the internet via metaverse or even digital games from Australia. So it should be protected. So I think there should be one centralized rule where everybody should work on just like open banking. So open banking is very important for European Union, but it can be also, there's a Swedish bank connecting with a New Zealand bank. So that's something that we'd like to see in the future. Stephen, could you expand upon this bit more about these you know, different regulatory variations across different regions and around the world? So, I mean, I think different countries have different environments and we have seen, I mean, we spent a portion of our time engaging with other regulators in other territories in terms of sharing best practice, both from our side in terms of us sharing our best practice and vice versa. And there are differences in terms of how regulation in payments and financial services is deployed. So I fully appreciate in terms of some of the challenges that global or even European organizations face when having to manage compliance when they're operating in multiple different areas. I would say that because of the different changes or the differences within these different territories, it does often require a different approach to those different sort of legislations and requirements on financial services firms. I think the UK, as an example, we look at other countries. We try to understand what they have implemented. We also obviously take a leadership role in that as well. So it's very, very difficult, I think, to implement a global or even European standard for many of these items such as money laundering, even KYC and KYB checks. I think there is a need potentially for some sort of closer cooperation by the regulators. But at the same time, it's really trying to challenge that particular market and provide the best possible solutions and the best possible engagement and rules and standards for that particular market. Yeah. Unfortunately, time flies when we're having fun, and that includes discussions on regulation. But before we finish, I'd like each of you to leave us a closing thought, please, in your perspective of where we're heading or what changes are needed. Fahim, would you like to start with that one? Sure, yes, of course. The changes, which we already discussed as well, it should be more open. So the communication should be proper, even from the regulatory board. There has to be information about what next changes will be there. There has to be also marketing opportunities, marketing tactics of how to expand this news to different regulatory board, to different merchants, to different platforms, or even PSP. So everybody's aware of this. It's not a news where the regulators are just posting it on their platforms and that's it. There has to be more information about it as well. And what's more important is that we are in a, in a very dynamic environment. It is possible that Maybe cryptocurrencies will rule tomorrow. Maybe NFTs will rule tomorrow. So we have to be open for it. We should not act like a traditional bank, but moreover, we should act morally like accepting challenges and keeping changing everything. So PSD1 and PSD2, there was like, I'm not sure if I'm wrong, but maybe it's a 10 years gap. There should be very less gap between PSD2 and PSD3 so we can adapt with more changes and more new technologies because this is a fast-paced environment anyway. And Stephen, your final thoughts? So... We live in a really challenging world. Payments has changed massively over the last 20, 25 years, and the pace of change now is greater than ever before. 
I think the key point here that I would say is engagement, is ensuring that regulators engage with industry, that industry engages with regulators. Having a collaborative way forward is the only way that we're going to achieve the best outcomes for everyone here. And whether it's competition, price, end user outcomes, consumer experience, etc., it requires the regulators to have a really firm understanding about what's happening at all levels of the payments industry. And so open doors of communication, regular engagement is absolutely key. The pace of change, as I said before, is absolutely immense. When I started working 20 years ago, there were very, very clear lines of demarcation. Those lines no longer exist in terms of the different providers in payment systems. And regulators were potentially a little bit more distant than what they are today. My name is Mark McMurtry. I'm the Director of Payments Consultancy Limited. And today it's been my pleasure talking to Fahim Bakshi and Stephen Basofi on Merchant Payments Regulation. Thank you both very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to the official MPE podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the show and check out our video interviews with other industry leaders on YouTube. For more content, follow Merchant Payments Ecosystem on LinkedIn and Twitter read our Positivity magazine and subscribe to the MPE newsletter at www.merchantpaymentsecosystem.com.